As a matter of fact, it has absolutely nothing to do with being educated. I know some really highly educated people. They went to college and they're poor. That has nothing to do with financial education at all. The only way to really learn it is either from your parents or to seek it out yourself somewhere else. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips here with Heather Marchant. How you doing, Heather? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. This is a good day. We're nearing the end of the year, and my gosh, there's all kinds of things happening. So we thought it would be good to talk about some current events in the real estate market. Yeah. I had a client send me an article from Time Magazine concerned about the pandemic and purchasing real estate. I sent it to Ron and I, I maybe shouldn't have because you're pretty fired up about it in true Ron fashion. <laughs> yeah. We should probably just dive into it. I am pre-irritated today about how this was written. There's some truth in here. We're going to cover the truth. We're going to cover the spin, we will call it, instead of suggesting that whoever wrote this is a liar. I think they're just ignorant. We would not just, suggest that, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we would not suggest that. Or, Nor maybe, gonna... or maybe, they, maybe they just wanted to write an article with a certain flair and agenda and well, made the information work in his favor. Congratulations, think, so. because they have done it. And the sad thing is that most people who read this are going to believe every word that's written here. That's mm-hmm. the sad thing. Because it's in Time Magazine, right? Time Magazine's like super right. reputable. You know, pop up when I first got on of uh, person of the year and, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's jump into this. This is real estate related. Starts out with this heart-wrenching story that I think all of us can, some point in our lives, we can probably all relate to. In addition, mm-hmm. this year, I think we can all relate to at least knowing someone in this situation and also in a myriad of other really crappy situations this year. Yeah. So it talks about this lady who's a nurse. She's a okay, speech, so this lady's a speech pathologist. Yes. I should just stick, to, school. I should just stick to, so. to parts of this that are relevant. And I'm not going to bring, <laughs> like this could go really political really quickly. So I'm going to try to rail it in. And, and Heather may jump in and just, well, we'll talk about Charleston weather or something today. <laughs> but this lady, um, sure this poor beautiful. lady, she had a rough time. And the rough time was because our stupid freaking government decided to shut down our country, right? So if you shut down the country and people can't work, guess what? This is going to come as a really shock moment for everybody right now listening. But if you take away people's ability to work, they then have an inability to work, which creates mm-hmm. an inability to make money. I think everybody could have seen that one coming. Not rocket science. I mean, yeah. This, yeah. yeah. So this lady was barely making enough to cover expenses. She had saved up enough money, apparently, to she was wanting to buy a house, which good for her. I mean, that's awesome because, you know, what they say on here that is not that much, right? And paying rent and... There's a little bit of beating up on people who uh, are landlords because they make money and the people who pay rent don't make any money. And we'll save that for another whole episode, which I think we've already done an episode on that. So we we won't worry about that. (laughs) But this year, they've accrued a ton of credit card debt, Heather, because they were taking all their expenses and throwing it on credit cards. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a good idea. For anybody out there, when things get tight, the worst possible thing you can do is start shoving all of your expenses onto a credit card. Ask me how I know this. How I've do already done this, this before. It does not work out very well. <laughs> you, you, you should not do that. I mean, I'll just offer an alternate. When the crap hits the fan and you are going to have a few months or many months where your income stream is interrupted, 
the first thing you should do is slash like with a massive mm -hmm. machete all of your expenses. And when I say all of them, I mean all of them, except for what is required mm -hmm. to live. Now, some people mm -hmm. may think their cable is a requirement to live, but it is not. Okay. So I feel bad. I felt bad when I had to do this. I felt bad. I didn't like it. But the first time I went through this, I put everything on a credit card and that took me years to unbury myself from. The second time I slashed all of my expenses and within a few months, I was right back where I was. I mean, it sucked, yeah. but at least I didn't go into debt for stupid crap, right? Yeah. And you can also call creditors and explain your situation and sometimes work plans or what have you so that you can slow your bleeding, right? So there's, you can be a little creative, but sorry, go ahead. Okay. And I've spent five minutes on this beginning of this story, which is not really even what this article is about. This article is about real estate. So she's lamenting the fact that she can't buy a property now because she had saved some money. She was ready to buy a property. She burned through her savings and then she put everything on a credit card. And now she's going to have to dig out. And while that is sad, I mean, millions of Americans have that happen to them every year. Pandemic or no pandemic happens every mm -hmm. freaking year. It has happened yep. to the wealthy and it has happened to the poor. It has happened to the middle class. It happens to every race. It happens to every gender. It happens to freaking everybody. So yes. while I feel bad about that, this has less to do with the pandemic and more to do with this is just kind of how life goes sometimes. And this year, it was a pandemic that got us. It could have just as easily been that you got fired from your job. Or maybe you get sick, like long-term sickness yeah. or something, right? So, yeah. Okay, so... Housing sales are on, on their breaking records. Interest rates are, have already broken a record this year. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this is what this brilliant person says. Inequalities were bad and growing prior to 2020. <laughs> then the pandemic hits hardest those who are already on the most vulnerable position. It's making the affordability crisis worse. Okay. Maybe. But I know a whole bunch of business yeah. owners that wouldn't have, wouldn't have considered themselves in the vulnerable category that got pretty well crapped on this year. I mean, mm -hmm. by their government, literally crapped on by their government this year, not by the pandemic, by their government. Yeah. I think looking at it from that perspective, there's so many things that can cause this and not a pandemic. I mean, granted the pandemic has lasted a really long time, but I mean, <laughs> the methodology I've always been raised with and continue to do is to have some savings set aside. I know we talked about that and have it be, a, I think even the really wealthy can be in this exact same situation if they aren't prepared for a economic downturn. Yeah. Then they go on to talk about the real estate market. Like it's like things happened that weren't supposed to happen, right? Like when the pandemic hit, people stopped buying houses a little bit for like a quarter. Shocker. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that yeah. shouldn't come as a shock to anybody that that happened. And then they talk about this whiplash, right? Where, oh my gosh, there's this pent up demand. And so now house prices are going way up. This is simple supply and demand. It's the normal economic cycle. If you create a shortage of a product where there is too much demand, prices will naturally follow the demand, period, mm -hmm. end of story. So yes, yep. house prices are going up and there are less of them available in most parts of the country. Mm -hmm. The fact that someone is reporting that this is a bad thing is remarkable on almost yep. every single level that there is imaginable. Mm -hmm. How you can have house prices going up, affecting hardworking men and women around the country because their property value goes up, they have more net worth, 
They can do more things with it, right? How that's a bad thing is beyond comprehension. Well, and there's still parts of the country that are extremely affordable. I don't know how many clients I talk to each day that I tell them what our average price is of a single family home, three bedroom, two bath is like 100, 120, depending on you know the month or whatever. And what? You can't buy a house for that much. It must be in like the horrible area. I and mean, we have new construction at 125. So if you're living in a market you can't afford, we've talked about this before, that you shouldn't live there. <laughs> Right. relocate to a this more affordable really place. really isn't that complicated. It really isn't. Mm. Then this person goes on to say that there's this shocking new trend where people are moving oh. out of really expensive yeah. urban areas into less expensive, smaller suburban areas. Well, yeah. <laughs> so they specifically <laughs> mentioned a few markets, Heather. I don't know where these people live. I really don't know where reporters live. Like they only live in Washington, D.C. and New York. Is it the only place these people live? And do they not realize yeah. that there is a huge country out there? They talk about this like they're moving from San Francisco, Seattle, and New York to Salt Lake, Louisville, Richmond, Virginia, places like that. Well, that didn't just start happening. When I moved to Salt Lake in 2007, this was happening. It's been happening yep. for well Ever over since. a decade. What is it that you have to do to become a writer for Time Magazine? In order to write a piece about real estate, do you have to know a freaking thing about real estate or the economy to be able to even write this? Apparently not. Apparently, you just have to have gone to school and get a degree uh, in journalism. And then you can write whatever muck it is that you want. Yeah. No, I agree. I think taking and combining a lot of these facts into be about the pandemic is really not the case. So it has almost nothing to do with the pandemic, people moving to Salt Lake, at least I know. Okay. <laughs> From people so I know who've been moving here. Next, they're talking about this spike and the spike is happening in the lower price range homes. Mm -hmm. Also not a shocker. Why would that not be a yeah. shocker? Because mm -hmm. folks, it's not like there's an unlimited supply of land in an area where you can build a $125,000 house. And also shocker, what happens when there's not enough of the entry-level homes? What happens to the lot cost? Well, it goes up because there's not enough of them. My gosh, this is so easy to predict. I think we said it on the show this, this year that real estate prices were not going to collapse this year. Did we, did we not say that, Heather? Yeah, we did. Well, why is that? Because there was demand, huge demand mm -hmm. and not enough supply. That is not the makings of a crazy a collapse. <laughs> I mean, even if you have a bunch of foreclosures, if you have people that want to scoop them up on the back end, they're not going to drop the prices that low at least banks if they're smart, right? If you got some foreclosures on, but you have a huge pent up demand for real estate, man, if you're smart, you just sell it at retail, right? Yeah. So some more, some more bad news. You ready for some more bad news? Oh yeah. Uh, again, the, no, uh, according to CoreLogic, this is, I mean, this is crazy because this is really crazy. I just get, I wanted you guys to be completely prepared for this. The latest data from the Federal Reserve Consumer Credit Panel shows that recent home buyers are among the most financially stable people in the country. <laughs> 72% of mortgage no loans way. last quarter were tied up to, to applicants with credit scores of over 760. Huh. 
another shocker. shocker. People with good credit and who have money buy houses. Buy houses. <laughs> I mean, That's so weird. Oh, so. I think it's been that way. Well, it should have been that way all along. So you should have to have money okay. to buy a property. So. And now we're going to get into the, you thought this was all funny so far. Some of you are laughing at this article and it gets worse because, <laughs> and there's supposedly there's a point to this whole article. The point is, <clears throat> are we ready? Guess As of 2017, the most recent year from which the Census Bureau data is available, homeowners had a medium net worth of $269,000, while renters had a medium net worth of $3,000. The pandemic has almost certainly exacerbated this gap because they blew yeah. through their savings. But net worth and is not the same thing as savings. So they have net worth. They have to be able to get the net worth to be able to spend it. And if you don't mm -hmm. think this thing has, this pandemic has hurt people of high net worth who were business owners, you're smoking crack. It absolutely has. Do they maybe have a little bit more money than the renters at $3,000? Yeah, probably they do. Probably they mm -hmm. do, but they also probably have way, way larger overhead that I'm guessing that the, the tenant at $3,000 does. Slashing expenses, yeah. uh, slashing expenses as a business owner is usually cutting people, right? So <laughs> if you consider that as well, that, you know, those are harder expenses to just go ahead and slash, right? You're, it's people's lives, livelihoods. So the whole point of this article is that renters have been disproportionately hurt by the crisis and that maybe that's true. But I don't see any data in this article that even comes close to proving that that's true. Mm -hmm. All I see in this article is what everybody with half of a brain already knew. And that is that homeowners, generally speaking, are better off financially than people who rent. And that's, that's not even 100% true. Some people rent because they want to rent. Yeah. But of the people true. who they're obviously talking about here, that's going to be true almost every single time. And it's not a shocker that that is the way that it is. And it's not anything that's abnormal this year. It's mm -hmm. not. The, I mean, the renters that lost their jobs in 2008 during the, uh, during the financial crisis got hurt too. So did the guy at the big, huge banks that lost their jobs. They all lost a lot of money yeah. in the last downturn. But to suggest that this only hurts or substantially more so hurts renters than it does anybody else there's little to no actual data in here that backs that up yep. so point being i guess that these people can't afford to buy a house and that somehow that's either it's some kind of discrimination choose your discrimination i guess choose your own discrimination somehow these people are being discriminated discriminated against right because they can't come up with the with the down pump payment money and i would just submit to everybody look an fha loan Maybe you guys don't understand how FHA loans work, but an FHA loan, the the percentage down payment is three and a half percent. I mean, so yeah. I mean, so let's just go through the numbers really quick. It's three and a half percent. Not only that, but the seller can pay up to two, three, four percent for FHA loans. Yeah, it's for, higher. It's higher than two. I think. Yeah, I think it might be four percent. Even if it's two, I mean, literally, the money yeah. you have to come up with is is nothing. Right. Let's talk about mm -hmm. this really quick because you were just talking about even if we go into one of the poor areas, right? So we're at a hundred thousand dollar house. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you can't come up with thirty five hundred dollars, and let me just ask this brilliant journalist at time, should we be somehow affording a person who can't come up with thirty five hundred dollars the ability to buy a hundred thousand dollar house? 
should we really do that? Yeah. Put them in a riskier situation. I mean, that's similar to what we did before 2008 that caused real estate collapse, right? To have people in houses and they can't afford it makes also no sense. So giving people a hand out that allows them to be in a worse situation long-term is hardly a solution. I mean, half a million dollars is 17,500. I mean, people just think about that for a second. This person spent time writing an article. The whole point being that renters who don't have enough money saved up, somehow Mm -hmm. we should change the rules to make it easier for them to become a homeowner because homeowners are better off financially than renters, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. And I think think the whole concept for me is a problem that it's a right, right? That everyone should have the right to own a home. You can have a right to, to live in a home. I think that's definitely a human need is to have a shelter, right? For sure. But to say that everyone should have the right to do it when they don't have the money to pay for it, it doesn't do them a service. I mean, we've talked about this with some of the financial aid resources that have been available with the pandemic that it can put people in a worse situation. If they don't really understand what they're signing, it can put tenants in a worse financial situation to have a handout. So yeah, the loan product, what was the loan product that you declined? What was that called? Yeah, the EIDL loans, E-I-D-L. Everyone was so pumped up about this idle loan that you could get. It was, I mean, it was really, really inexpensive. And, you know, it was supposed to be this thing to help business owners save their businesses, right? It's a disaster loan product. Mm-hmm. But when you actually get the fine print of that thing, I mean, the government basically controls your business. They control all of the finances of your business. When I actually, I was approved for two of them for two of my businesses. And, I, and they kept emailing me over and over and over. And they called me multiple times trying to get me to sign the documents. And I told them every time, I'm like, I read the documents. There is no way in hell I'm signing those documents. I'm basically giving my business over to the government with no end date. It's insanity. No way I'm going to do that. Right. And these other things that they put in place, giving people forbearance. Well, using the word forbearance, it sounds like you're just, it kind of sounds like forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's not it forgiveness. That's not what it is. Mm-hmm. And when you get to mm-hmm. the end of the year or into the term and the forbearance comes due and, and you actually learn what the word forbearance means, it is not going to seem as cool as when they were soliciting it at yeah. the beginning of the year. Yeah. Not as, I mean, not you've as cool. Pull back the curtain. Yeah. There's a lot of this stuff you have to pull back the curtain to really understand. I mean, the motivation to say that people should buy a house that can't afford it, right? I mean, <laughs> who profits from that, right? Who's, who's the, who are the people that get to take advantage of people who can't afford something and selling it? It's kind of like going to the store and buying on, what is it called? Layaway or something, you know, and, and buying things on your credit card. I mean, similar concept, right? It's just, yeah, it it um, is because we have been, the financial education in America is pathetic. Mm -hmm. And he says it, I don't know if it's he or she, I keep calling him a he, I don't know. I'm just assuming that if it's a he, I'm calling a he a moron, and I don't want to call a she a moron. So we're just going to keep going with he. I don't know which it is, but oh, it is a she. It it's is a she. she. Dang. Well, you're a moron, she. Whoever you are, she. We don't moron. don't say her name. We don't want to out her on here. So she says there's a two, 2018 report from the University of Michigan. It says that home ownership rate is 32 percent for young adults whose parents were homeowners versus only 14 percent who young adults 
whose parents were renters. Yeah. Okay. So what do we do to turn that statistic around? This moron suggests that we should change the rules and make it easier for the 14%. But why is the 14% not the same as the 32%? Why? Why is that? Can, if we actually mm -hmm. get to the root of the problem, the root of the problem is they were not taught anything yes. about home ownership. They were also mm -hmm. not taught anything else responsible because we just learned that the majority of homeowners are more financially responsible. So mm -hmm. if those people are teaching their kids how to be more financially responsible, what, it, what then should we learn? It's not that we should change the rules. It's that we should teach the freaking rules. Yes. Teach them teach to the 14%, please. Mm. Can we just do that? Mm -hmm. There's so much free education out there right now too. I mean, if you consider the, you know, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, what it was like to try to learn things versus now. I don't know how many people, I talked to my mother-in-law who's in her seventies, who said that she learned how to do stuff on YouTube that she could do around her house, right? So if you want to better your financial situation, there's limitless opportunity that's free to go out. Not yep. necessarily saying YouTube's the only option, but you have local libraries, you have tons and tons of opportunity to better yourself and educate yourself. So I agree, learning how to fish versus giving them a fish. Yep. This is an old yep. concept. There's a reason why kids of wealthy parents themselves have a leg up. Mm -hmm. This moron says it's because they can go to college. That is so stupid. That's, that's the dumbest comment I've ever heard in my life. That has absolutely nothing to do with wealth. As a matter of fact, it has absolutely nothing to do with being educated. I, well, that's not true. Being smart. I know some really stupid, educated people, highly educated people, mm -hmm. remarkably stupid. And they went to college and they're yeah. poor. Mm -hmm. That has nothing to do with financial education at all. It is also, for the most part, not taught in college. It's not yeah. taught in high school. It's not taught in college. The only way to really learn it is either from your parents or to seek it out yourself somewhere else because yep. you're not going to get it in either one of those places. Obviously, because this person went to college who wrote this ridiculous article. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I didn't even finish college and I look and I'm th thinking, well, maybe I finish my bachelor's degree. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know how it would serve me unless I was able to really find and pick classes versus a major. You know what I mean? It's yeah. really interesting to say that that is tied to, I mean, there is a, there is a component of that, that you typically can get better jobs that you have a degree, but it's not that it's impossible that it's, you know, the degree that makes all the difference. Nope. So. And even if you do, that doesn't mean you're going to be financially savvy at all. Mm -hmm. It may mean yep. that you make more money than everybody else. But I know a lot of people who during the you know last crisis were highly educated, couldn't find a job yeah, because there weren't any jobs. It doesn't mean anything. And they lost yeah. just as much, if not more than everybody else did, because they also were not financially savvy. They didn't know what they were doing. Anyway, point is, guys, look, homeownership is not a right. To be able to live in a structure, to be protected from the elements and have a place to raise your family, everyone should have that. But we already have that safeguard in America. The fact that a pandemic can come and disrupt our lives like it has this year with respect to housing is a fallacy. It didn't. What disrupted our lives is that the government changed contract law. That's what happened this year. Changing you want to know why you can't kick your tenant out? It's because the CDC, not even the government, the CDC decided that they can live there because there's a pandemic. That's why. And why is it that people are going to be potentially evicted next month? Well, it's because the CDC didn't really think this through very well.
They just yeah. told people they don't have to pay right now, but every ounce of that rent is due next month. So all of these people who really didn't have an impact from COVID, but decided that it was going to be free rent because they didn't understand are going to have a rude awakening next month. And whose mm -hmm. fault is that? Exactly. Is it the fault of the landlord that these people owe the money? Or is it the fault of the government for dangling some fake carrot in front of them so that they think that they don't have to pay rent for five yes. months? Thank you, Trump. The, pull, pulling back the curtain, I'm telling you, it's like crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah. Now, I actually don't believe that these people are going to be evicted. I think that the government is going to come and give a whole bunch of money away to a whole bunch of people again. That's what I think is going to happen. But I'll tell you this, if you are a resident of one of these places and you have been kicking the can down the road, so to speak, and living high on the hog on the money that you've been saving on your rent, you should be evicted. Mm -hmm. Shame yes. on you. You should be evicted. You should get kicked out so fast it makes your head spin. And then you should go and try to figure out why that happened so that it never happens again to you. But it sure as hell is not the fault of the landlord. On that happy <laughs> note, we'll end this show. <laughs> Sometimes, Listen. though, it's nice to talk about these things in a get real fashion, though, right? Oh, so, for all you young people out there, there's any young people out there listening, and you're going to school and you're going to study journalism. <laughs> would you please, for the love of all that is holy, not write filth like this? Just don't do it. Do some actual research and figure out what the, tr what the real problem is and then write it. That probably mm -hmm. means that you're not going to get a job at the time, at the New York Times. Or what is this? No, yeah. at Time yeah, Magazine. Or any of the other ones that say Times, probably, all of them. Pathetic yeah. waste. I'm never going to get this time back, Heather, that I it read sells. this article. It sells. That's why. They're able to have these crazy headlines that people want to read and understand and delve into. And so when you sensationalize data and point it in the right direction, like that you want it to be pointed in itself. So, okay. So again, really appreciate you guys. Appreciate your subscriptions. Our numbers are going up. We really appreciate it. We're getting tons of comments Fun. and requests. We actually have two. We're going to do a couple of shows just on things that we've emailed in coming yep. up. Pretty excited about that. So if you guys want to hear about something, man, if you see some ridiculous article that you want us to talk about, then just send it our way. <laughs> Yeah. We'll be happy to apply. <laughs> All right. We're going to do a non-ranting podcast next week. I promise. I'm not sure what it is you're going to go out and make happen this week, but you should go make something happen. Like if you're a tenant, go make your rent happen, right? That'd be a good mm -hmm. thing. Make your rent yep. happen. And if you're a landlord, hang in there three, three more weeks. And then yeah, if you've, and got a lot one of these, clients. If you've got one of these non-paying people that can't, can't prove that they were affected by COVID, then you can kick their butts out. <laughs> Was that insensitive, Heather? No, not no. at all. It's not holding all. people accountable for their choices. Not at all. Not at um, all. And a lot of our clients in the next few weeks are focusing on focusing on closing so that they can get the tax write off this year. What I'm doing? So we'll that That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I've got an too, apartment. Actually. I've got an apartment closing. You're closing. I've got an apartment closing. We got yep. a lot of clients closing, and we got people calling us going, "Hey, can can I close before the end of the year?" Yeah. <laughs> well, cash. if you've got cash, cash, you can. But if you want a loan, there's no way that's happening. So. No. All right, people, the world is still good. America is still the greatest place in the world. Bye to the fact that we have ridiculous, ignorant politicians. Go make something happen this 100%. week. 100%. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.